It's the TEH podcast, episode number 112. I'm Leo Notenboom of askleo.com. And I'm Gary Rosenzweig of macmost.com. It seems like it's been weeks. Well, yes. I, I guess it kind of has. It has, indeed. <laughs> the, first, the first week we missed was your fault, and last week we missed was my fault. How was your, right. uh, how was your trip? So mine was good. I went on a rafting trip in Utah with some close friends. Oh, cool. um, and uh, just uh, down a little stretch of the Green River, um, completely off grid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's nothing. I mean, you're out there in the middle of nowhere in Utah. It's not even a national park or anything like that. It's, it's out there. And, uh, and then to make things worse, you're down in a canyon the entire time. So if maybe there was a scant bit of service somewhere nearby, you, you weren't getting it down, down in the canyon. Um, right. So that was nice to be off grid. Of course, a little nerve wracking when you run websites like we do, because it's like, you know, I don't oh my know. God, if what if it's down? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, cause it's like basically from Tuesday in, you know, the middle of the day is when, you know, I go down, down the Canyon to, you know, launch. And then it's not till Friday, almost evening where I get my first signal back. So it, yeah, it's nerve wracking. Cause you know, you don't know if like five minutes after you went down, like, the site went down or right. some video you, you know, scheduled to post, didn't post right. I mean, I had videos posting, I had my newsletter go out, everything automatic and right. uh, worried about, you know, what would happen. My nightmare scenario like actually wouldn't necessarily be the site going down. I mean, you know, yes, that would be a pain and, and it would be, you know, it, it would, it would hurt in a lot of different ways. My nightmare scenario is actually having the site get compromised. And then having yeah. that be in place for like four or five days. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, I mean, I've got an assistant that, that would notice for sure. Yeah. And uh, now that I think about it, I'm making myself a note, um, t- needs to know who to call <laughs> when that happens. Um, but, uh, you know, that would be worse because that actually, you know, your side going down for a while, even if it's multiple days, you, know, you get back, you fix it, and it comes back up and, and all is well with the world and you recover. Um, things like a site compromise, on the other hand, if all of a sudden your server's sending buckets of spam or, or whatever, um, that can have long-lasting implications on your, uh, on your reputation and show up in everything from email deliverability to um, uh, uh, search engine ranking and so on. Yeah, no, definitely something that I, you know, at some point in the future, I want to find a way to have a safety valve, you know, maybe have somebody like you've got an assistant or some something mm-hmm. where somebody I trust can maybe check on the site and has certain switches and, you know, in case of disaster, um, you know, most of the time when I go on trips and stuff, I mean, I may not, I may be taking time off, but I can right. still check in. Absolutely. And that's a lot nicer uh, than this when you're so totally off grid. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, uh, I'll talk a little bit more later about one particular tech thing, but it was, you know, that even, even going completely off grid away from not only connections, but things like electricity mm-hmm. and such, I find I still am using a lot of technology from you know how the the actual watercraft I'm using are designed to the camping equipment to the indispensability of my iPhone is like one of the primary tools I have when I'm out in the wilderness for GPS and uh, you know stargazing and, f- and photography. Sure. You know, I mean, it's like it's it's basically there's only one tool that is attached to me and hanging more or less around my neck the entire time. And that's my iPhone because it, it takes so much. I mean, there's so much it does, right. you know, that 
that I, you know, I guess I used to carry a camera and a compass and a map and, you know, all these things. I was going to ask if you actually were carrying a camera as well, but no, you just took the, you relied on the iPhone. I relied on the iPhone. I mean, you know, for the type of pictures you're going to take when you're rafting a Canyon, Mm -hmm. um, the iPhone's great. I mean, nice, big, especially I've got the wide angle lens on mine. So these beautiful wide angle shots, uh, you know, 4k video, if I want it, um, you know, it's, it's perfect. It's, uh, you know, if maybe if I saw a owl or something way up on a cliff, I wouldn't be able to zoom into it like I would on a good camera, but right. I wasn't going to, you know, take a couple pounds worth of photography equipment for the, right. Right. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So, and, and, and non-waterproof camera equipment with me. Exactly. That. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Rafting has its own, has its own special risks associated with it. Exactly. So how about your trip? So we went um, camping, but it was different. We we do the kind of camping where you bring your bedroom, kitchen, and bathroom with you. Uh, we <laughs> we uh, we have a travel trailer, an airstream, yeah. and we went out to a state park on the Washington coast. Um, surprisingly, waterproofing seems to be the theme because while we were out there, uh, we had just a, this. The weather was great the week before. The weather is great now, but last week we had like torrential rains. And of course, when you're on the Washington coast, that's where you feel it the most. Mm. So there were a couple of days where we were basically, um, you know, inside the trailer for the entire day with the exception of uh, potty breaks for the dogs. And um, I just sort of looking out at, at the rainy weather. Uh, we did have some good weather, uh, you know, you know, it, it, at times, and we were very fortunate. The couple of days actually turned out to be fairly pleasant. But um, and so, of course, we got to take the corgis out to the beach, and they had an awesome time running around, running their short little legs off. <laughs> um, I will. Uh, uh, I ended up uh, taking a video uh, of them using. I actually ended up using two cameras. So, of course, since I'm traveling in a trailer, uh, I have the opportunity to take more equipment than just my phone. So I actually had um, my the phone with me at all times, the Pixel uh, 4XL. But then I also have a Sony ZV-1, which I've been using as my um, my primary video camera for my Ask Leo videos. Uh, but it's also nice and light and portable, and it's got a handle on it, and, and it takes some actually some very nice videos. Um, and I actually took the Nikon, but the Nikon spent the entire trip in the trailer. The other two cameras were more than oh, sufficient yeah. to... Uh, to do the deed, but I took some video with both the, uh, uh, the, the Sony and the pixel and stitched it all together through a little bit of a music track on it. Anyway, I'll, I'll, there's a link in the show notes for it, uh, of basically dogs running around on the beach and having a good time. And it'll be interesting to see what, what I didn't realize and I need to play with it some more cause I haven't done that much video with the Sony is, um, I had it set for 1080p, which is fine. It's a you know nice looking video. But when I went to um, edit everything together, I realized that my phone was actually shooting 4K. And so, uh, you know, that is higher resolution getting, and I was able to do a little bit more zooming in and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. But um, the Sony supposedly does 4K as well. And I need to, uh, when I'm using it in that mode, switch it over to 4K and see, sort of see how it turns out. But I was pretty pleased with it. We had a good time, rain and all. We had a, we had a good time out there. It was nice to get away from everything. Uh, Unlike you, we were uh, uh, not off the grid by any stretch. Uh, yes, we lost power for an hour in the storm. Um, and yes, the park Wi-Fi was broken, uh, which is uh, 
interesting, A, that the park had Wi-Fi, the state yeah. park, um, but B, of course, when I show up, it breaks. Uh, but me being me, I travel with my little jetpack, my little portable Wi-Fi. So I, uh, we had our internet anyway, and uh, we uh, uh, you know, rationed ourselves a little bit, but uh, did fine. I actually read, I think, two or three books while I was out there, which was actually unusual for me. My reading has slipped with all the other things that I'm doing here at home. Nice. No, yeah, good I'm watching, watching the video now. The corgis sure are cute running around, but uh, from like a more of a Darwin natural selection standpoint in terms of running, they're not the uh, they're they're not the standouts of the wolf. Oh no 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 no! They're, in terms of running, yes yes, they would they would they would get eaten first, right? They, they, <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's an incredible amount of effort for very slow speed <laughs> that they actually. And it looks like they're going fast, but then you kind of look and you say, yeah, that's actually not. I think my dog would take about three leaps and exactly. It's, it's actually kind of funny when we have that here. Um, um, every year, except this year, of course, we have the corgi picnic here at home, yeah. and we have a hundred of them running around. But you know, some some people, believe it or not, actually have dogs in addition to corgis that aren't corgis. And mm-hmm. every once in a while, we'll end up with one of the long leggers running around here, and it's just hilarious to see all these little dogs running around like crazy, and then the big dog just sort of loping around, catching up with them <laughs> with no problem at all. It's like you know, hardly working. So yeah, yeah. it was a good time. So. Um, what, um, so (laughs) one of the things we talked about, I don't remember if we talked about it, um, on the show last time we had it, or if it was something we said to each other, uh, you left town and then Apple had an announcement. Yeah. How'd that work out for you? (laughs) You know, it it worked out as predicted, you know, so the announcement was primarily Apple watch oriented, um, which I, it's probably the Apple product I cover the least at MacMost because mm-hmm. uh, I'm not a watch user and the first generation Apple Watch didn't actually convert me. I tried, you know, I, I made sure it stayed on my wrist for 90 days and <laughs> didn't take it off. And then, but I still, still did not, you know, get into it. And, um, and they're hard to make tutorials for too, as it turns out. Uh, so, you know, I, I just don't do Apple Watch stuff. So this was primarily a new Apple Watch and there was an update to the iPad, iPad, but not really like a, you know, groundbreaking, you know, the iPad will scratch your back or something like that kind of thing. It, you know, it's just the, you know, new processor and things like that. So but the iPad Air that they call yeah, it? Yeah, new iPad Air and all. So, so it, the Air implied that it was lighter or smaller or something? I, I just, yeah. Uh, is it? No, that's, <laughs> it's a weird, the iPad, the Air thing is weird. You know, there's there's times when the Air products are, lighter and smaller than you know something else and uh-huh. then there's times when they're not i think in general the air kind of means it's uh more powerful than the standard model but not as powerful as the pro but yet still has the lightness factor that the, the pros have because the low-end pro you know the smaller screen pro and the air are virtually identical in size so it's air really isn't going to save you any weight Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of funny, but it does have a new, matter of fact, it has the newest processor, which the pros don't even have. So right now, if you want the A14 Bionic, you have to get the iPad Air. The iPad Pro has got the A12Z or something uh, in it, and because that's not due for an update till next year. So it's kind of an interesting uh, thing. And that was pretty much it. They also announced new uh, bundles, but not they didn't release them yet. Um, so, you know, it's just that they're going to have bundles and we'll have more news for you next month, that kind of thing. So as far as announcements go, this was a good one for me to miss, um, and not do like a video on that day, updating people, everything. There was no new Mac stuff and, you know, very little new 
otherwise. But there were two notes. First, uh, one note is that I did buy a new Apple Watch. Um, so I'm going to try it again, right? I okay. Apple Watch 1 years ago, and now Apple Watch 6 adds an oxygen blood sensor. Pulse ox, right. And it's got all the other stuff in it. And, you know, it's. I thought, yeah, maybe, you know, I've been thinking about trying it again. Maybe I, this is, you know, jumping from the one to the six, <laughs> the one's just been sitting in a drawer. Uh, so you know, maybe this is it. So I, I decided to get one and it's still in order. It's still, you know, they weren't shipping immediately. So I, I'm still waiting for it. Um, I also figure that the, um, all these centers on it. I'm getting older and everything like that. Maybe <laughs> eventually sh I should probably have something strapped to my wrist that maybe warns me of issues. Uh, cause <laughs> I mean, you don't need that until you do, right? Right. You know, that's the thing. So um, so anyway, I'll, I'll see what happens when I get it. This time I did order the larger screen one because the smaller screen one, it's just, you know, I need reading glasses to, you know, read right. a piece of paper. So reading the watch was always hard. So let's see if the slightly larger screen will do well. Also, they introduced that new solo loop. It's just a single loop that goes around your wrist. And I'm a fidgeter. I fidget with things. So like the original Apple Watch band I would just sit and buckle and unbuckle it all day long. <laughs> and then I bought one that was like metal and it was magnetic, you know, it just clasp on magnetically. Right. And I would just fidget with that all day long. So I, when I saw that, I said, Ooh, this is a plus for me because if it's just a loop and there's nothing to fidget with, then maybe, oh, you'll, you know, you'll come up with a way. I'll come up with a way. <laughs> so, so there's that, that's one note. The other note is that it, you know, the, Announcement itself didn't really cause me any trouble not being there and not even knowing about it till Friday. The next day, however, Apple released iOS 14, which was a big surprise. You know, I really didn't see that coming till the end of the month or maybe until Apple had new iPhones to release. But instead, the next day, they just said, here's iOS 14, done. And everybody downloaded it. And I, of course, had used the beta. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, you know, it, I would have probably done more videos on it that week uh, if I had been around. Right. Um, so I had to do some catching up last week doing some videos. And then maybe that's a good thing because by the time I got out of the wilderness, uh, it's, you know, it's a, a, an interesting thing happened. Every once in a while, Apple releases something and it gets used in an unexpected way. Like I remember with Animoji, you know, the little characters you can make and uh, they will follow your facial expression. So instead of talking to somebody, with FaceTime and a Jew, you oh, have right. this yep. little animated character. And people started doing like basically lip syncing videos to them and populating, you know, Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok with those and stuff. Um, and that was a craze for a few weeks, or <laughs> actually for a few months, you know, and it was fun. And I'm sure, you know, I'm sure somebody at Apple thought maybe people would do this, but they didn't really know, you know. And this time also a little craze came out, a little more unexpected thing because. Now, in iOS 14, you can add widgets to your home screen. So, no big deal. And I know some Android users can have you know, done that for years. But the widgets are a little more customizable. You can now have home screens that, instead of just being a grid of icons, have other things on it. And there are some apps that, you know, an app can put a widget on there. So, for instance, the Wikipedia app, when you install the Wikipedia app, it now has widgets. So, you can have, like, a picture of the day from Wikipedia as a widget mm -hmm. on your screen. And mm -hmm. it takes up the space of like four icons or right. eight icons, depending on which widget you choose. Well, other apps have just basically come about just to have widgets. In other words, the app itself doesn't do anything really. But 
there are widgets where you could put a photo of yours in the widget or a group of photos or like the lunar phase or something like that mm -hmm. in a widget. And people took these and kind of started customizing their home screens on their iPhone. Now, you could already customize an, an app icon in a weird way. You can't really change the app icon, you can, but you can create a shortcut to an app and then use any image for that. And then you could already choose a, on a wallpaper. So you can mm -hmm. whatever wallpaper you want. So then with the release of iOS 14, I guess it, it reached the tipping point where a few people started highly customizing their iPhone home screens to look very different than a normal one. You know, the Facebook app has a neon F, you know, instead of the standard logo and the camera app looks different. And, and then there's a picture of the stars and all this other stuff. And they started calling it aesthetics, you know, iPhone aesthetics which I'm not sure is the right word, but that's the one that people ran with. Uh, they, uh, so it, it's become this craze and, and, you know, people are showing off their iPhone screens on TikTok and Instagram and Pinterest. And also, um, I guess those that live and die by those social media platforms started spending whole days or nights uh, completely customizing their iPhone, painstakingly creating their own little, uh, icons, their own widgets, you know, all sorts of things just to be able to then show, look at my cool iPhone screen. It's like black with Comet shooting across it and the apps look, you know, like spaceships or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it is interesting. So I, it doesn't add any real functionality. I mean, the widgets add functionality, but not customizing them like that does. Uh, but it does show that there's a group of people, uh, tech users, they love to highly customize their tech. I don't know if they're a majority. I don't think so. I think they're a minority, maybe a pretty vocal minority. Right. Um, but, you know, they love it enough that just give them just enough to customize things and they'll go wild with it and then share and then people go crazy over the stuff that they share. Fascinating. So. The... Um yeah, you're you're absolutely right. The whole widget stuff. Uh, you know, I'm sitting here nodding my head, saying, "Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do yeah. that." I don't think I can customize icons, um, which is an interesting one. But uh, uh, the the thing that I find with widgets is that to me, screen real estate is precious, and I have a really hard time dedicating like four icon slots to a widget. Mm. Right. So, yes, I could put in a bigger date and time or I could put in a photo or a gallery even, um, you know, that would ro rotate through some pictures or, um, you know, like you said, the Wikipedia picture of the day or something like that. I'm just not willing to give up the screen real estate. Um, I mm. just my, my I've got too many app icons on my home screen that I want to be on my home screen uh, that um, I'm constantly <laughs> It seems like, oh, if I if I just had room for one more, I could, you know, but um, so that's, that's the only thing there. Um, but yeah, welcome to, uh, welcome to the 21st century with widgets. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it is interesting to think that, uh, I, I don't know, there's, there's something about this. I see people customizing their Macs a lot. Um, I see questions from people like, so a lot of people are upset that you couldn't easily change the app icons starting with macOS Catalina. The reason for that is because Apple put uh, certain things on kind of like the system side and their system right. integrity protection right. and uh, going in and changing an app, like downloading, say, Photoshop, and then creating your own custom icon for that app became a lot harder 
because the idea is that you want to make sure you've got Photoshop and it hasn't been tampered with, right? right? So on the one hand, people want security. Yeah, I want to make sure it's the real Photoshop and not tampered with. On the other hand, people say, but I want to tamper with it, you know, and not realizing that, you know, of course, if you can tamper with it, then anything else that you install or, you know, thing can also tamper with it. So people are genuinely upset that they can't easily... um, you know, alter the icons of their Mac for apps. Can you um, still do the shortcut trick where you create a shortcut to it and have a custom icon for that? I don't know offhand. Because yeah. I, 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 I certainly don't do that kind of, for, for me, it's like if it's the Photoshop icon, it's the Photoshop icon. Right. It's like, it's to me, if, it, if I make my own icon, it's a lie. <laughs> I, you know, if that's not... The icon the, is a lie. It is. It's a lie. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I don't know. It's, it, yeah, the icon is a lie. So, you know, if, certainly if I create something of my own, like a file or a folder, maybe I of want course. to customize that icon. It's my creation. Sure, I should be able to create my own folder icons. But, you know, not for an app. But it is interesting to see, like, people, you know, it, it's the uh, competing wants and needs of, of users. You know, you've got, uh, on the one hand, people saying, why can, uh, you know, why just because I installed some software that I didn't know what it was from a site I didn't trust, uh, why could that compromise my Mac, <laughs> you know? So Apple goes, says, well, we'll make it so that even if you do that stupid thing, you can't compromise your Mac, right? And then, and then they do that, and then people say, oh, now I can't customize my own icons, you know? Uh, so it's, uh, you know, it just goes back and forth like that. But, you know, to me, I, I have, I'll get, a, I'll get a question from somebody that says, oh, I'm part of like, a, you know, my company, I need to finish this product a project by Friday. It's a presentation and I got to figure out how to do this thing. And it's like, oh, okay, somebody really is in need here of something, trying to figure something out and I'll try to help them. And then the next question I get is, yeah, I'd like to use a different icon for Photoshop. How can I do that? And, and part of me thinks, oh, I don't, <laughs> that's you don't need to do that nobody needs to do that you want to do that i understand and you know you have the desire to customize your mac but it's a different level of things like than the question i was just helping somebody with which was like you know an important work function it's funny this dovetails actually into something i was going to bring up a lot later but i'll talk about it now um the uh the article that i've been working on uh, today It'll, get, it'll show up uh, published in a couple of weeks, uh, is entitled, you know, Can OneDrive Be Hacked? Mm. And what it, what it really boils down to is that's the wrong question to ask, right? I mean, you know, OneDrive, technically, sure, it can be hacked. Um, any online service can be hacked, but just how likely is it? Not very. What's more important is that you focus on your own personal security. Uh, you know, that, that your account might get hacked is more likely than, say, OneDrive itself getting hacked. The, um, but it, it actually uh, kind of follows that same line that people are sometimes asking the wrong question or worrying about the wrong things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you know, ne- needing something to get your job done is one thing. Um, wanting to change an, change an icon, eh. Um, you know, worrying about OneDrive, the server's getting hacked. Yeah, yeah, we know you don't like Microsoft and you'd love for it to be true. But um, the reality is what's more important is this other thing over here happens all the time. I'm sure you see it too in, in other oh, questions yeah. as well. Oh, yeah, and it's it's tough. I mean, I, yeah, I, I can understand somebody reaching out to somebody like me and asking for, you know, a critical question, you know, I need to, I, I, I lost a file. I need to get it back. I need to, 
you know, create this project for work or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. And, you know, but when there's something that's not necessary, like you just, it's just, oh, I'd like to, it would be neat if I could customize <laughs> an icon, you know, then it's like, well, try to figure it out on your own. But if you can't, I mean, do you really need to go the extra step of like, you know, so would you go to the Genius Bar and bother, you know, the Apple text there? It's like, I want to customize an icon. What would I, I wonder what they would say, like, if you went and made an appointment at the Genius Bar and went up and say, yeah, I just want to show me how to customize an icon here. <laughs> like, whether they would say, oh, no, we, you know, we don't do that, or they politely help. Or It's interesting because there's definitely a spectrum. Uh, it actually leads into something else I was thinking about as you were talking about the various customization options. I don't know about you, but over the years, I customize things less and less. And that's just because uh, I end up reinstalling and I don't want to go through all, all, all that work again. It's easier for me to either live with the defaults or customize just a few things that I think are really important um, than it is for me to spend that time after every reinstall Mm -hmm. or every upgrade, go through, tweak this, twiddle that, forget this, don't do that, you know, those kinds of things. But it's a spectrum because there are things that seem on the surface to be frivolous, like changing an icon for an app, um, and other things that actually could make a big difference to someone that still would fall into the category of just being a random customization. so it's it's an interesting problem to to think about, uh, you know when you know how important do customizations become and to whom? Uh, maybe you're really letting that guy down. Maybe that icon changing that icon to something else was you know a critical part of his family life. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I certainly could his, see his well, wife they, was used to this icon, and now that icon went away, and he's desperately trying to get it back. You know, I, I mean, it goes back to that XY problem that we talked about yes. many weeks ago. I mean, somebody could come up with say, "Is there a way for me to make the the font in the default template for pages a little bigger?" And, you know, I could look at that as like, oh, that's such a minor thing. You know, do you really need to concentrate on that? But if, if they told me the why and right. the why it could be they work for a big corporation and everything that they produce has to be a certain size to read, uh, uh, for readability standards or something right. like that. And if they can't figure out how to do that, they're going to have to keep using Microsoft Word or something like that <laughs> instead of Pages. You know, it's like it becomes a critical thing and right. it's important to them as opposed to somebody saying, oh, you know what would be cool if the three times I create a new Pages document a year – the font started off as 14 points to 13 point, right. you know, as, so the why becomes important. So maybe there is a why for changing the icons that is different than, you know, Oh, I would just like to have it, but right. without knowing that why, and the question just being, how can I just do this? It, it becomes hard. And that was something I talked about, about the X, Y problem is not only is it, um, it doesn't help to answer the question because it could present a solution based on the reason, right. but also it prioritizes things. It motivates, yes. Yeah, it's a, I think I had that example of that guy you know, wanting to impress a girl by you know, knowing how to do, you know, and it was like, oh, okay, that was like, but that's, but that makes sense. Hey, maybe that's the reason, right? If like, you know, if somebody that you're attracted to goes and says, boy, I'd really like to be able to customize my iPhone, I, but I just don't know how to do it. And then if you come to me and say, hey, teach me how to customize my iPhone. <laughs> and then I could show this person, uh, you know, that I'm attracted to how to do it. And, you know, and then, then it's like, oh, now I get it. <laughs> you know, it's not just like, oh, that would be nice. It's like, no, this is a critical life function for you. So. 
Oh, there you are. Mac most helping people get laid since whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It all comes, it all comes down to that really. (laughs) Ultimately. Yes. Yeah. That or food or, or I don't know. Food, shelter, clothing. Yeah. Uh, (sighs) So speaking of obtaining food, shelter and clothing and other things you purchase. Well, this is yeah. quite things that I've purchased, but oh, it is an I interesting scenario. Your, I was thinking of your "ain't it cool" thing. Okay, so yes. Oh, that one. Yeah, top I'm, stories. Yes, let's talk about that first. Which I don't know what it is because I purposely didn't look because I want you to tell me. Cool. Uh, okay. So, so over the years, there have been several attempts to uh, create devices specifically for individuals. Um, I just say older individuals who are not necessarily as comfortable with technology as you and I might be. And as many people are these days, it's kind of a given. Uh, If you can't get online, you're really missing out on a lot of stuff. So what um, my sister-in-law's daughter did is she bought for her mother-in-law a device called a GrandPad. It's grandpad.net. Um, For the record, grandpad.com is a luxury apartment in London. Uh, It's a grand pad. Whereas (laughs) grandpad.net is actually a tablet-like device. Uh, Actually, it is a tablet. Uh, It actually has a um, a modem built in, probably an LTE uh, cellular modem built in. And what it does, it essentially provides a walled garden for the individuals using it and allows someone else to be the quote-unquote administrator to decide Mm. how much can be exposed on the device. Now, we had heard, this is my wife's sister, we had heard that she'd gotten it and we weren't really sure what it was all about. And I took a look at the website and, you know, yep, it looks interesting. It could fly. It could not fly. Like I said, I've seen people try to do this before. Uh, But a few weeks ago, we were up there for a few days, and uh, I was able to actually lay hands on the device and play around with it and see what it was doing. And I was actually fairly impressed. Now, to me, uh, you know, great. It's, I don't know, in some ways, I'm easier impressed with technology. In some some ways, I'm a little too jaded. But Mm -hmm. this one, you know, yep, it seemed like a reasonable device. I liked what they were doing. Uh, It was a little restrictive in some ways, but it was actually pretty powerful in other ways and quite useful. To me, the proof was in the pudding, and that was that my sister-in-law, who I never, ever would have imagined uh, being someone who would be comfortable with technology, um, has been sending email, responding to emails, responding to pictures, taking pictures with this device of, of you know, things going on around her house, her cat, her flowers, those kinds of things. It has turned into uh, a very, very comfortable device that allows her, she lives by herself, allows her to remain connected with uh, her extended family. Uh, we're 100 miles south of her. And yet we're now interacting with her online as we do so often with so many other people that we take it for granted. Uh, But in this case, it's working. And I just wanted to mention that here because I think that um, um, a lot of people probably face similar situations. And certainly with all the isolation that many people are facing right now during the uh, the whole COVID-19 pandemic, uh, this is yet another option. It's not for everybody. I get it. I, I certainly get it. But uh, it certainly did a very nice job of of solving a problem and getting my sister online. Uh, 
And, you know, kudos to the daughter-in-law for thinking of it, but, um, you know, kudos to my sister-in-law for embracing it. It's, it was actually, we got an email from her. It was like, oh my gosh, she sent email, you know, welcome to the 20th century. Um, and it was uh, a very positive thing. So for those who are poking around, looking for, you know, potential connectivity options for people who are less than technologically astute, um, who aren't necessarily comfortable with, you know, full-blown even an iPad or something like that, uh, you know, a full-blown laptop or anything like that, this turned out to be a very useful, very useful alternative. And I'm actually quite impressed with the device. Uh, the uh, um, administrative interface, which I haven't seen, but I understand um, is something that the sister-in-law now is, I'm sorry, the uh, daughter-in-law is now uh, in the process of, okay, since it's working so well, let's enable this. Let's let her go a little further out onto the internet and see what else is going on out there. Um, so anyway, I just, I wanted to mention it because it was such a good experience for, uh, for our family that uh, I think applies to a lot of people in the current situation. Yeah, you're right. They have been trying these kinds of things for a long time. Way back, it must be 20 years ago, I worked on a project that basically was a fax machine. <laughs> um, but it was just a fax machine on the end, en the other end. So you would put in your, uh, you know, grandparents' home this little printer, basically. Oh, right. That um, was hooked up to the internet somehow. Oh, I think it was just hooked up to a modem. Yeah. Uh, so it was hooked up to the phone line, and you could go online and send them things. So you can send them a note. You know, you can send them, add pictures. You could also add a variety of. And this is where I came in. You know, things like a crossword puzzle or word search or mm -hmm. you know, a variety of different things, even articles on stuff, and put together this little thing very easily just by choosing you know some check boxes, and then say send. And then I guess every once in a while, this thing checked for um uh you know something to be available you know would call in and then would print out you know like a fax machine um paper right. that had that on it so they would get a piece of paper and they would have like a picture and a note you know hi grandma you know and this kind of thing and and i don't remember if there was a way to, for them to actually like i think maybe there might have been a way that they actually wrote on the paper and then they could send it put it back in the machine. I, right. I can't remember, but yeah, it was like one of the many things as well as the different phones and tablets and, and yep. devices, you know, I mean, Facebook is kind of trying to be there with their little, you know, echo camera portal thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Portal. Uh, they're trying to do that. Um, I know that uh, some years ago, um, AARP had a device that, you know, clearly it was a third party, but they were, um, branding it, and I forget the name. I, I but it was essentially just an Android tablet, uh, you know, with yeah. some default set of apps on it, and that never really did take off because it wasn't uh, a good enough solution for the truly technologically concerned, um, and it just wasn't a very good Android tablet either. So they were struggling with that for a while. I think where this particular solution succeeds is that um, it is a it is a very simple interface intentionally so and yet um, it is uh, it does the things that uh, uh, my sister-in-law wants to do and that's actually pretty cool yeah so it'll be interesting to see if text and of course they're advertising now in aarp because <laughs> well, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, that's that's, that's their target audience right sure thing uh, yeah but uh 
Uh, to be honest, I suspect that their target audience is really the sons and daughters of sure. the folks that are out there. So, but uh, uh, yeah, it's it's been a hard market to crack. Now, granted, I get that you know as we all age, it's it's a shrinking market because, of course, you and I, as we get older, as we get into those demographics, we're going to have whatever it is we're going to have. We're going to not we're we're not going to understand those three D holographic. I was going to uh, say there'll be something else that that yeah. will be new and exciting that we just won't be able to comprehend, and the kids will all shake their you heads. You kids and your and, teleports and <laughs> all that. I don't trust them. Exactly. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so you mentioned the Ada Cool thing. I ran across this one this morning, and of course, it's, it's happening here in Seattle, and I thought it was actually a fairly interesting um, uh, a development, a, a fairly interesting technique. Of course, one of the things that has taken off during, again, the pandemic are things like uh, touchless card readers. So, or, you know, or, or things like Apple Pay and Google Pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely now uh, will use that if at all possible so that I don't have to touch a card reader or I don't have to touch, um, you know, anything that uh, some horribly infected person might have previously used. <laughs> and uh, even at the gas pumps now, the gas pumps uh, now are starting to get converted to include NFC readers. So I can, again, just wave my phone in front of the gas pump and be good to go which again is something I really appreciate because there it's not only are they horribly infected, but they're also covered in gasoline. So the um, uh, Amazon has introduced something that is essentially palm recognition. Um, The title of the article was Amazon sees broader audience for its palm recognition tech. Uh, And of course there'll be a link in the show notes and it's been apparently implemented in the two Amazon Go stores here in Seattle. And I just thought it was an interesting approach. It is essentially, you know, bio, it's a, it's a bio recognition. It's, it's everybody's palm is essentially unique Mm -hmm. and you don't have to touch anything. It's not like you see in the movies where you put your palm on a piece of glass that everybody else has, has been touching. Um, it is something where you're holding or potentially even waving your palm above some kind of a device that then uh, reads it, looks at it, and interprets it. They indicated that it is more intentional than some of the other techniques, like face recognition. You have to intentionally hold your hand or unclench your fist or open your palm above this device in order for it to be read. So it's not something that's going to happen accidentally, uh, which I thought was actually a very nice touch. Uh, I just, uh, I th- no pun intended. Uh-huh. The, um, uh, so I, I, especially, like I said, with it being touchless, uh, I don't know how fast it is, but that's the kind of a thing I suspect that will always improve. I don't know how, uh, accurate it's going to be as they build a database of palm images. I I know that they don't store facial rec as images. They store it as some kind of a set of vectors uh, across multiple points uh, of an average face. But um, whatever they store, they need to store and be able to recognize quickly. Uh, I just, I thought it was an interesting approach. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it's stored in some sort of hash where you can't actually get the data and somehow reconstruct the palm. Right, but, it but the has ha- to it's a hash of something, right? Yeah, it has and to the question to is, it. Yeah. it can't be an image because images are too um, uh, too variable. 
but uh, they can do something like some kind of mapping of um, the you know the creases and the lines and the sizes and the shapes of various landmarks on a palm that they could then like you say um, hash so that it's a one way thing. Um, but uh, I like I like the technique and I like the I like the timing actually, <laughs> given that we're all trying to be so much touchless. It's one of those things now where I, if I go into a store. And they don't accept Apple or Apple or Google Pay, or they you know they don't do the touchless thing. It's like, ew. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> do I really have to touch something? Um, I'm at that point. I'm grateful that um, inserting the card into a reader has me touching only the card. That's good. But uh, better would be uh, would be true touchless. Yeah. No, I definitely uh, prefer it. I can't help but make the comparison to like uh, palm readers. You know, like actual, like you know, people that read your palm and try to tell your future. Oh yeah, maybe that, maybe one of the benefits is as you check out, they tell you yeah. your lifeline. <laughs> It'll tell you like it's your love line, your lifeline. You get a little horoscope or something, or it just tells you 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 cannot afford this product. <laughs> I I don't see this product you want to purchase in your future because your bank account is too low. May we recommend yeah. a doctor's appointment in the next twenty four hours? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Recommend a better job so you can have more income to afford all the stuff you want to buy from the Amazon store. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's interesting. I've it's the first I've ever heard of palm uh, palm being used rather than a fingerprint or you know face ID or something like that. But you know, it does go along with this trend I think where science fiction points us towards embedded devices, you know, having chips embedded in our hands or right, arms or, right. you know, in our heads or whatever. But reality is pointing us towards things that are wearable or, you know, things that like a palm or finger or um, face recognition where we don't actually have to alter ourselves. The technology right. on the other side takes care of that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to have the number of the beast tattooed on you anymore. It's just the side effect of your palm. Exactly. So that, that, that hash turns out to be six, six, six for somebody. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure if it's a long enough hash that's in there somewhere, right. You can, you know, that's numerology, true. the whole thing, you know, you can look in, look in either the Bible or the works of Shakespeare or something. And, and, you know, if you process the numbers enough, you know, and you specifically want to find something, right. um, you know, if you, if you look for letters, you eventually will find it. Um, that's how numerology works. So it's the same thing with the hash for your palm or yes. your facial recognition or iris or something. Yeah, so, well. Yeah. So what you got? Oh, uh, well, I just, you know, usually I talk about TV shows and stuff, but uh, I just, you know, going back to the camping thing, I, I found it really interesting that I had taken, uh, you know, taken many uh, rafting trips in the past. And one of the problems is, is you, know, you keep that phone with you, how to keep that phone from getting wet. Right. Right. And going to extremes. I mean, I've done stuff where I've you know taken my phone, put it in an expensive waterproof case, and then enclose that in a kind of plastic bag, that kind of thing. And then put that in a dry bag. And then, you know, <laughs> done a lot of stuff, you know, try to make sure the moisture doesn't touch the phone. Right. Um, and, you know, phones have gotten better and better. The iPhone has gotten more and more waterproof. And on this trip, I, I did put a case on it, but it was more for, um, you know, impact resistance, you yes. know, because I dropped it on a rock or something uh, and mud, you know, I didn't want to get it dirty. <laughs> it's the thing um, <laughs> Then water. And I attached it to a little, te- you know, ha- had a little uh, string attached to it. And I attached that uh, to, 
you know, something that was attached to me. So if I did drop it, let's say as I was getting out of my watercraft uh, into the water that, you know, I wouldn't, it wouldn't drop to the bottom of the green river and I'd never see it again. And, you know, pretty much right away, I was getting the thing wet all the time. Like I'd wear it around my neck and take pictures and I'm paddling as well, you know, with uh, some kayak paddles and, you know, there's just water falling all over the iPhone. It, I didn't really worry about it and the phone didn't worry about it either. And then at one point I did actually uh, drop it and it was on the tether and I dragged it through the water, (laughs) pulled it up out of the water, never missed a beat. And I was like, boy, not that many years ago, that would have been the end of the iPhone. That's an instant off. Yes. Instant instant off. And it did not even, I mean, there was nothing, nothing. I quickly forgot that it even happened. Is that something that, um, is officially part of the device, some kind of water yeah. resistance? Yeah, let's see. Uh, what does Apple say? Uh, a- Apple does have some sort of official line in you know, water resistance for the iPhone, uh, probably under like tech specs or something like that. Because um, I find it interesting. I, yeah. I know that I've had you know, phones fall into the water and um, uh, start acting up like very soon thereafter. And I know that there used to be little indicators on the inside of the phone that right. uh, changed colors if the phone had ever been wet so sure. that they knew to void your warranty if you try to get it fixed. Well, the, the iPhone 11 Pro, which is what I've got, mm-hmm. uh, on the tech spec page says it is rated IP68 for water splash and dust resistance. And that gives it a maximum depth of four meters and up to 30 minutes in the water under IEC standard 60529. Wow. So, so you mean, were really a, safe on that trip. Yeah. So it is It is yeah. like a, an official thing. Um, and they have like a footnote about it. Uh, tested under controlled laboratory conditions with ratings, blah, blah, blah. It goes on and on. Well, yeah, of course, if you were to drop it in the river and on the way it hit a rock that cracked the case, then all bets are off. But um, just, you know, standard usage where you, like you said, you put it in a protective case. So that kind of stuff wasn't necessarily going to happen. I like it. Well, they show it. Yeah, they they show it on commercials, like somebody Mm -hmm. by the swimming pool, you know, and it's getting splashed constantly. And you see the water beating up on its surface as it sits there and, is playing music or whatever. Um, so they do actually show uh, commercials where they show the iPhone getting wet and put that as a you know a feature of the latest iPhones that they can get wet to a certain amount. Um, and this is the first time I've really tested that. Although <laughs> I did actually um, uh, mention this to my daughter, uh, uh, my adult daughter, who I uh, mentioned, oh, it's incredible that iPhones are so uh, water resistant. You know, it used to be you couldn't get it wet. And she looked at me and said, oh, uh, so you like, you're not supposed to take your iPhone in the shower with you? I'm like, well, no. She goes, okay, well, I haven't been doing that every single day for the last since I got my iPhone. I'm like, what? You're kidding me. So apparently, yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's one of those younger generation things, right? Not only is, is the new iPhone pretty waterproof, but... Uh, but the younger generation doesn't even realize that it's not supposed to be waterproof. I, I, that just raises so many questions. Why is she taking her phone into the showers? Well, because <laughs> when you're young, you need to check uh, TikTok, Snapchat, your messages, and Instagram. Um, you certainly cannot be without Constantly? them for the, the length of the time that you're in a shower. Plus, you're usually using it to play music. So you've got the speakers off the bottom uh, playing music. I just assumed when I heard music that it, the, the iPhone was on the counter, <laughs> not right, actually. Right. Yeah, but apparently not. 
So, yeah. Okay, well. Well, so, and I know Apple Watches, I mean, they show in a commercial, you know, it's people diving into the ocean with their Apple Watch on. You know, it's supposed to be uh, even more water resistant. I wonder what it says on the product page for the Apple Watch, if it's the same IP, whatever, whatever rating. So Apple Watch Series 6, the newest one. And let's see, uh, water resistant up to 50 meters. Okay. So that's pretty impressive. 50 meters. Huh? Yeah. So I, mean, I guess, oh, I guess scuba diving. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to picture. It's like, hey, your watch survived. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but of course, scuba diving would, right. that would right. be, yes. So would, while you were chatting, I couldn't resist because I've actually never expected it. Um, so I looked up my phone, the Google yeah. Pixel 4 XL. And uh, the phones are equipped with a water resistance rating of IP68. Oh, hey. Look at that. All right. That's We're going to go swimming actually, next time. That's actually, <laughs> that's actually pretty cool. Somewhere together. We're going to get um, the pool yeah. with our phones. Well, around here, it means I didn't have to be quite so concerned when I was yes. out in the rain last week in the storm. <laughs> yes. Well, that's was, exactly the and kind of And it's one of, of those things. It literally did cross my mind because um, for various reasons, I didn't have the right pants with me for the storm. I wasn't expecting the, the, the heavy wind-driven rain. So I've got these nylon pants on, mm -hmm. and my phone is in one of the side pockets on my leg. And of course, I got drenched. And I was actually concerned about the phone. And now I realize, oh, I didn't have to be. You didn't have That's to be, yeah. awesome. I guarantee you, my phone was well, just as wet during that time. Just, and it didn't rain at all. Right. But, uh, right. No, but yeah, cool. so anyway, so that that definitely fits the definition of ain't it cool for our ain't it cool segment. So what yeah, what do you have to much. promote this week? So uh, what I want to talk about uh. is Discord, not uh. societal Discord. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's that's a different that podcast. Yeah, we could, that's our other podcast. Um, no, there's a uh, um, um, basically. I want to say it's a glorified chat utility, but it's way, way, way more than that. Discord is what a lot of gamers are using to chat with one another while they're playing games, but it also includes the ability to live stream whatever it is you're doing. So if I'm running Discord and I fire up World of Warcraft, as I am wont to do, the um, I get the little pop-up that says, hey, do you want to stream what you're doing on Discord? And no, I don't want to do that. What I've done, and I've seen a couple of other people do this uh, with respect to their uh, patronage or Patreon subscribers, is actually set up a Discord server for their, um, their fans, their supporters, their subscribers, their patrons to be able to check in and chat with one another and chat with um, you know, whoever they're supporting uh, when they're around in real time. So that's what I've done. Um, Askleo.com slash Discord. It's a very limited release in the sense that um, I mentioned it only in the video summary of the newsletter that went out. Um, well, I guess by the time this releases, it'll be yesterday on Tuesday that um, that this existed. So I've only got like you know, a very small handful of people who will go to a larger audience with the next newsletter. Uh, but I figured, you know what the heck, I'll mention it here to the um, to the TEH audience in case they're interested. Askleo.com slash Discord will take you to a page that should grant you access to the Ask Leo Discord server where you can 
chat amongst yourselves and with me when I'm online, which is pretty much all the time these days. I'm almost always online. And I've had already, just today, I've already had a few, uh, a few interesting chats with people from um, actually around the planet. That's one of the things that I find fascinating about what we do is that without thinking about it, you know, you, th you think you're sitting here in, in Woodenville or the United States or wherever. Um, but as it turns out, um, I heard from somebody in, in the UK, uh, somebody else mentioned that they were down in Johannesburg and they had, it was time for them to go to bed. Uh, it was just fascinating. So that's something I'm experimenting with. Askleo.com slash discord. Come join us, chat, see what turns, see what turns up. Cool. I love it. I love it. I don't use Discord much, but I am in a community or two. Yeah. And I, hey, and feel, I, free, feel free to join. I'll send, everybody, I'll send all the Mac questions to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just have a, one of my regular videos. I mentioned, uh, you know, iOS uh, 14. So I've got a, a several videos I've done on it, including one, 25 things to try on your iPhone with iOS 14, because it really is a very feature-rich release. There are a lot of things, you know, usually sometimes you have something that's just a redesign or it's like, you know, it's now much more secure or stable or something like that. This has lots of things. They're like, oh, you can now do this. And there's this little thing that's different and all that stuff. So I, I actually started doing a video called uh, 10 things to try on your iPhone with <laughs> iOS 14. <laughs> And um, before I knew it, I was up to 25, uh, and so it became, that became that. So we've got a link to that. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I had that with, um, oh gosh, one of, the, uh, one of the documents I created some couple of years ago. I forget what it was. It was like, you know, 10 things to do X. And by the time I was done, I said, um, you know, I realized that I'd written like 12 or 13. So said, oh, 10 things, and I just couldn't contain myself. There was more. Yeah. So. Bonus. Awesome. All right. Well, I think that pretty much is a good wrap up for this week. Yep. Uh, let's see. The show notes for this week are at tehpodcast.com slash teh112. If you've got a comment or a question for us, you know how to find us on Facebook and Twitter at the TEH Podcast. Hey, if enough of you show up on my Discord, I'll actually create a channel for TEH listeners as well. Or you can leave a comment in the show notes page. As always, thanks for listening, and we will see you here again next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.